Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew chapter 19, before we get into it, let me read you a story I heard about an 81-year-old man who wanted to, listen, wanted to ride a biplane at the fair. It cost him $10, and his wife said to him, she says, honey, you know, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. Well, he told her, he said, honey, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I've never gotten the opportunity to do it. And I'd really like to. And she said, yeah, honey, but 10 bucks is 10 bucks. Well, then finally, the pilot said, I tell you what, if you can last the whole ride without screaming or saying a word, I won't charge you. If you say anything, I'll charge you $10. Well, they agreed. He took them up on a whirlwind ride, spinning through the sky fast as he could. And at last, the pilot said to the old man, he said, I did everything I knew to get you to scream, but you never said a word. Well, the old man smiled and said, I was going to say something when my wife fell out, but 10 bucks is 10 bucks. People and their money, you know, the title of my sermon, got a pen, got a pad. I want to give you some notes this morning. The title of my sermon is The Trouble With Money. The Trouble With Money. Now, I can hear some of you saying already, well, I don't have to listen to this sermon, Pastor Rodney, because I don't have trouble with money because I don't have any. I can hear you. Well, listen, let me tell you something. This sermon, I think, is for everyone. Because the reality is, not only rich people have trouble with money, but poor people, or po people, that means you're so poor you can't afford the other O-R. You're just po. Rich folks and poor folks have trouble with money. You see, rich folks are in danger as it relates to the trouble with money of wanting to get more and desiring to have more. And then poor folks, well, they're in danger because they could be desiring to get it. They don't have it, so they want to get it, desiring to be rich. So there's a danger on both ends. And this morning in Matthew chapter 19, we come to one of the saddest stories. I think, guys, one of the saddest stories in the Bible. It's the story of the rich young ruler. We're going to divide this section this morning into three areas that I'm going to talk about. Just this section in verses 16 through 30. We're going to divide it in three areas. If you're taking notes, number one, the the dejected ruler. I don't know why that's hard for me to say. The dejected ruler. We'll find that in verses 16 through 22. And then we'll talk about the dangers of riches in verses 23 through 26. And then, finally, the disciples' reward. 
We'll find that in verses 27 through 30. The dejected ruler in verse 16 through 26. The danger of riches, 23 through 26. And the disciples' reward in verses 27 through 30. Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 16. We'll read down the 22, come back and have some comments. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Now behold, one came and said to him, that would be Jesus, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? And so he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments, Jesus said. Well, the man said to him, which ones? When Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your mom and your dad, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then the young man said to him in verse 20, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, notice in verse 22, he went away, what saints? Sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Last time we were together, which was several weeks ago now, we, we saw that, that, that moms, and if you were with us, you know, moms and dads and, and grandmas and grandpas were bringing their children to Jesus, and they wanted Jesus to touch them and to bless them and to pray for them. It was a beautiful scene. We talked about it. I mean, think about it. I can't get it out of my mind. Jesus loved kids. I love kids. I hope you love kids. And, and kids like to be around Jesus. And, and can you get the scene here? There's like a bunch of kids all around Jesus, and they're pulling on his clothes and tugging on, get on this leg, get on that leg, and, you know, they're just hanging all over him, and kids like to crawl all over you. And they're just all around Jesus because they like to be with Jesus. And all these kids are over Jesus and talking and hugging and pulling and tugging. That rhymed. On Jesus and the disciples, they rebuked them. And they said, get away from him, kid. Jesus is way too busy for you. And when the disciples said that, you know the story. Jesus, the Bible says, when he saw it, he was hot. He was upset. He was livid. He was grieved. And he rebuked the disciples and said, let the children come to me and don't get in the way. And then he said, except you become, now here's the, here's the phrase, except you become, speaking to the disciples, except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And it was at that moment, saints, verse 16, a rich young ruler approached Jesus and said, good teacher, what good thing can I underscore do? <laughs> That I might have eternal life. Now, it could be that this man heard Jesus talking about coming to him as a child. He obviously was standing somewhere in the vicinity. And he's listening from a distance. He hears Jesus tell the disciples, you got to come to me as a child. And if you don't come to me as a child, you can't get into heaven. 
It could be this man heard that. He walks up to Jesus. He comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I heard your statement about people becoming children to inherit the kingdom. But what about me? Hmm. What about me? What do I need to, you know, the man is already separating himself from everybody else. Say amen if you are awake. Okay. That's two of y'all. All right. Well, the two people that are awake stand up. I will preach to you. And so this man, he's like separating himself from the entire world. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good for them. Children come in and inherit like a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jesus, what about me? What do I have to do? And so what we have here is a man who, 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 who that, that is the complete opposite, if you will, of coming to Jesus as a child. There's the connection between verses 15 and verses 16. We have someone coming, Jesus saying, you got to come as a kid. And here comes this man. He's saying, yeah, that's good for them. But what about me? You see, this man was rich, proud, self-assertive, self-made, and self-righteous. Point number one, the dejected ruler in verse 16 through 22. We just read it. Now, as you put the gospel accounts together, we learn a lot about this rich, young ruler. We learn that he had many good qualities. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Write that down. I'll tell you what it says. It says that this man came running. In other words, he took, made a beeline to Jesus. That's a good quality. It tells us that he was eager. In verse in Mark 10, 10 also, it tells us that he knelt before Jesus. Well, that's a good quality. That tells us he was humble. And then in Mark 10:22 and in verse 22 of our text we just read it. It tells us that this man had great possessions. In today's language, that man had the bling bling. I'm just trying to help y'all with some of that. He was rich and he was wealthy. He was a ruler in the community. Thus the term, the rich young ruler. This man was a mover and a shaker. He's the first yuppie in scripture. You might want to look at it that way. He had power, he had possession, he had position by the world standards, he had everything. But although he was so lovely in the world's eyes, he was actually lacking. He was lacking something. Something was missing in his life. Can I tell you something? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't let the world deceive you. Don't let the world squeeze you in his mold. I was talking to the college and career group. Don't let the world squeeze you in his mold. And don't be deceived. It doesn't matter how young you are, how much bling bling you have. It doesn't matter if you're Donald Trump with bad hair. Everybody knows it. It doesn't matter how influential you are and it doesn't matter what kind of chariot you drive. The reality is, the truth is, without Jesus Christ, there's something missing in your life. Saints say amen. There's something missing in your life. And right away from the text, we learn automatically this man with everything comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to get eternal life? Now, this man had many good qualities, as we pointed out, but he was ignorant of many things. Let me give you four things or four areas in which this man was ignorant of. Number one, he was ignorant of how a person is saved. Did you see that? He thought he was one payment away from heaven. 
Notice he said, what good thing do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He thought there was something he could do to get to heaven. And there's a lot of people today who still think like the rich young ruler. They think they can get to heaven by being a good person or doing the right thing or helping a lady across the street or giving money to March of Dimes or helping Jerry's kids. People think that they can do good things to get to heaven. Some people think when they get to heaven, God's going to take out the big celestial scale. And he's going to take all your good works. He's going to put them on the scale. On one side of the scale. He's going to take all your bad works. Some folks think this way. He's going to take all your bad works and put them on one side of the scale. And they're going to be standing there in heaven before God's judgment and crossing their fingers. And I hope, I hope it, hope it, hope it weighs out. I hope it weighs out. Yeah. And they're going to be hoping it weighs out. Listen, I'll tell you what. God is in heaven. He's going to put your good works on one side. And your good works, might I tell you, stink. Why do you say that, Rodney? Because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. We all know it. Why do we depend on it? All our righteousness is filthy rags. So God takes your good works, the filthy rags, they stink. They put them on one side of the scale. And then on the other side of the scale, in reality, you know what he does? He puts the righteousness of Jesus Christ on the other side of the scale. Now let me ask you, can you compare? Righteousness of Jesus, filthy rags. Righteousness of Jesus, filthy rags. Righteousness of Jesus, filthy rags. That's why you can't depend on your good works, because filthy rags, righteousness of Jesus. That's why you got to come to him. That's why Jesus is kind of leading this man that direction. Oh, good works, huh? Good works, huh? You see, some people, this man was ignorant of how you get to heaven. Ignorant. He thought salvation could be purchased. So notice he asked, what good thing can I do? In the Greek language, he's saying, Jesus, what is the one stupendous, grand, good deed I can do to merit, deserve eternal life? And Jesus says, final answer, nothing, nothing. Ephesians chapter 2, you know the verse in verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Not of works, the gift of God. Not of good deeds, the gift of God. Not of your righteousness, the gift of God. That's how you obtain salvation. No one is good enough to go to heaven. And the only way to go to heaven is by taking the hand of Jesus as a little child and humbly walk into heaven with Jesus. Amen, saints? That's the only way to get there. This man didn't understand that. He was ignorant to how a person is saved. And then he was also ignorant. Did you notice this on the text? As to who Jesus is. Notice that Jesus seeks to cool his self-made jets. He said to Jesus, good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You see, now there are some people who will tell you, and they'll use this text, and they'll say, you see, Jesus is telling the man that he is not God because there is only one that is good, and that is God. That's what people will tell you. They'll take you, the cults will take you to this verse and point it out to you. Jesus himself said he wasn't God. That's what they will tell you. That is not what he is saying. Jesus wasn't denying that he was God. Rather, get this, 
He was affirming it. Affirming it? Absolutely. Jesus is reasoning with the man. And he's saying, listen, if one is good except God, if no one is good except God, then how in the world do you expect to be good enough? And then while we're on the subject, are you calling me good because you're trying to flatter me? Or are you calling me good because the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to who I really am? You see, Jesus is saying the reason you're calling me good is because I am God. Jesus was simply trying to get him to stop and think. Do you realize who you're talking to? And trying to awaken this guy spiritually to who Jesus is. Isn't it interesting? Two common areas that people are ignorant to today. Number one, how you get to heaven. Number two, who Jesus is. Not new under the sun. People are still ignorant to that. Question, do you know who Jesus is? Can I tell you? Of course I will. Jesus, the Bible is clear. Of course I'm going to tell you. Jesus, the Bible is clear. Is the second person of the Godhead. He is eternal. He is divine. He is equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. When the babe was born in the manger, he was God manifested in the flesh. He lived perfectly. He lived a perfect, sinless, holy life. Jesus never said a bad word. He never had an evil thought. Jesus never woke up cranky. He never got angry on the freeway. And waved one finger at people. Never. Never did that. He was perfect. And this same Jesus went to the cross and he died. And he was buried. And he rose again. And now he's in heaven. And it's this same God who is going to come again someday. And in order to get to heaven, you've got to realize that you can't get there on your own goodness. There is only one person that can get you there. And that is the God-man, Jesus Christ. Do you know who Jesus is? You need to know. Well, here's a third area this man was ignorant of. He was ignorant of the purpose of the law. Look at verse 17 again in your Bibles. Jesus said, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And the man said arrogantly, which one? This is over my head, y'all. He's standing there talking to God. He's standing there talking to the one who can damn your soul to hell. Or who can give you entrance into heaven. And, 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 and he says, which one? Kind of arrogantly. Well, Jesus says, okay, I'll name some. The sixth commandment, don't murder. The seventh, don't commit adultery. The eighth, don't steal. The ninth, don't lie. And back to the fifth, honor your mother and father, which is the one I love the most. And Jesus says... Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you see that? And that's not part of the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, but he added it. In other words, Jesus is pointing out, hey, if you've got a lot of money, here's the point. If you've got a lot of money, you've got a lot of riches, you've got a lot of possessions, then you, and you don't share it with others who are in need, then you aren't loving your neighbor as yourself. And then notice in verse 20, the man is still not getting it. He said, I've done all this all of my life. I mean, you get to see, Jesus is like listing all these commandments. The sixth, and the man is kind of standing there, arrogantly, done that. The seventh, done that. The eighth, done that. The ninth, done that too. The fifth, 
Well, most of the time, done that. He just, you know, he just got almost, I get the impression the man is like standing there picking his teeth or something. You know, he's like, yeah, mm, done that, yeah, 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 blah, 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 no problem, done that, done that. Now, 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 now Jesus, and that's kind of reading the white space, okay. But, 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 that, but that's Jesus. Jesus isn't suggesting that the man keep the law and that he could be saved. What Jesus is doing is using the law to point out the man's sin and that he needs a savior. So the man is ignorant to the purpose of the law. And then he's also, number four, he's ignorant of the fact that God must have priority and preeminence over your life. This man is looking for some grand, remember, some grand, glorious, stupendous thing he can do to get into heaven. And then in verse 21 and 22, Jesus said, hey, go sell everything you have. You want something grand? You want something stupendous? You want something glorious that you can do? Now, Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. Remember, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. He says, you want something stupendous? Grand? He says, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you'll have treasures in heaven. And the man said, what you talking about, Willis? You mean sell my Lexus? Sell my house? Sell my stocks? Sell my bonds? No more Nordstrom's? How can I live? And the Bible says he drove away in his drop-top chariot. Sorrowful. Now remember, remember, Jesus is getting to the heart. Jesus isn't really asking this man to sell everything he has. This is not the point. And Jesus is not telling us that we need to sell everything we have. Now the cults will tell you that. There are many cults that will tell you, you need to sell everything you have. And there's some churches that will tell you the same thing. You got to sell everything you have and give it to us. That's what they'll tell you, the cults especially. You know, my question is, well, who are you going to give everything you have to? I say give it to me. Amen. That's Rodney with an R-O-D-N-E. Give it to me. Who are you going to give everything to? And they use this text. See, this is what Jesus is saying. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is simply talking about, saints, the priority of life. Jesus is saying, listen, you have, if you have everything and you lack the full surrender of your heart to God, then you have nothing. That's the point. You see, this man was concerned to keep the commandments, but more concerned to keep his money. He had a bent knee, but he would not bend his will. He bowed his head, but he wouldn't bow his heart. He yielded obeisance, but refused obedience. He wanted heavenly treasures, but he couldn't give up earthly possessions. He knew what he needed, but he would not forgo what he wanted. Jesus called him to sacrifice the present for the future, but he sacrificed the future for the present. And so many people do the same thing today. Question, where is your priority? Where's your priority? Now, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I'll tell you something. Jesus has to be, wants to be. And if you're going to be happy in this life, he's going to have to be your priority and the preeminence of your life. You understand? And that's why so many people are so empty and so, feel so empty and futile. Because Jesus is not priority in their life. And many Christians, unfortunately, feel the same way. That Jesus, and see, Jesus is not first. 
you let the world crowd out your thinking. I got to do a sermon on not being conformed to this world because I just keep going over this in my head. Because it's crowding out your, your thinking. Christian, listen. The things that you think are important are not. They are not. The thing that is important is God's word, is loving Jesus, is serving the Lord, and serving God's people. The things that are important are investing in the kingdom. And I'm not just talking about money, although it includes that. But I'm talking about everything you have. Jesus is not just talking about a check. He's talking about your possessions. What's that? That's everything. You see, folks get all caught up on money. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Because here's the reality. You know what? If Jesus can have your heart and get you to understand that he wants your heart and priority and preeminence in your life, getting your wallet ain't no big deal. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.